This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, hello, everyone. It's another great day at Author You, your guide to book publishing. And with me is someone we haven't had before. Marilyn Haywood Page has been a community relations manager at Barnes & Noble for over a decade before she became the vice president of marketing for FIG Advertising and Marketing here in Denver, Colorado. So here's what's really important you should know about Marilyn is that she knows brands. She knows what books should look like before they come into a bookstore. She can tell us about some of the critical events that Barnes & Noble has done because the, the community relations manager was the decision maker who did the events um, at any BNN store. So I think it's good to touch base on that. And she's been a brand spokesperson for QVC for four years. So we're really talking about marketing and branding and your presence as an author and someone who writes a killer book. So with that said, Marilyn, welcome to Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, that's great. So let, let, if, if I could just uh, let's let's kiss on your experience as the um, the the, uh, the uh, CRM at BNN. And what did you see that worked and didn't work for authors who came in with you? Preparation worked. Uh, winging <laughs> no, but... it didn't work. Authors who had a very clear understanding of who their target market was, what their value proposition was, mm -hmm. and how they represented a brand, they did well. Uh, authors who had a very clear understanding that a book is a product that you have to market, they did well. Authors who wrote a book and said, I'm just going to show up and hope people arrive, they didn't do well. So, and that's my experience too. When I tell authors the average book sale at a typical book signing that you just show up at, is you're lucky with you have four books sold. Was that your experience? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. All right. But so I've always felt, just what I try to tell anyone who's into a signage at a, especially a traditional venue like a bookstore, is that you have got to invite people. It's I think what they do is they get a little lazy and they think just because of the traffic, and you you could sell a few books with the traffic, but just because of the traffic of the bookstore, that's the seller, versus they don't seem to understand they need to partner with you. Yes, that's true. And it's not, traffic isn't going to get people in the seats and get them engaged with your topic. It's, it's a different world now because there's so much online content that for mm -hmm. someone to sit, especially anyone under the age of 30, 
for someone to sit and give their time and their eyeballs to something in person that doesn't include a screen in front of them, it's a very rare thing. So it's not enough to just show up. You have to invite people and you have to invite people that would specifically want to know about your book. So, for example, if your book is about is a, a new science fiction book, then you need to reach out to the local science fiction clubs. You need to maybe start a meetup that's a science fiction meetup. There's actually a new site called Bevy Life that um, is also a really good for starting new groups. Um, you, you have to put some, some groundwork in because people don't, they don't have the time, and they, they want to sit in front of a screen. So you have to really offer something that's unique for them to say, okay, I'm going to put my butt in a chair and give you my attention. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's no longer just getting butts in the chair. you got to entertain them. Well, you ha- yeah, I mean, you have to inform them. You have to educate, inform, inspire, entertain, sure. All, all of the above. But the bottom line is you can't be a passive player. No, not at all. Uh, uh. Well, I, and I think that, it, you know, Mar- Marilyn, it's kind of like um, when I talk to authors who envision going to uh, getting sold to New York. And they really think one of the beliefs is that if I do this, I'll be taken care of. I'll be a kept author. And they'll take care of everything for me and all the marketing and all the PR and all the publicity. And the reality is that's just not the way it is anymore. Well, even – okay, so even back in the heyday before we had uh, this plethora of online published books, it wasn't the mm-hmm. case then either. That That's a myth. So let me tell you what the average book promotion person was at any – and this is back. Okay, this isn't even now. This is back in the day. It was someone who was one or two or three years out of college. They were handling 20 books to 30 books at any given time. Right. They, they were given a budget of zero to very little. So the author who did get a publishing deal, um, it's not like there's this big machine that turns on. It just, that was a myth. I mean, the machine got turned on for big authors, you know, and, and mid, mid-authors. mid But for the person just starting out, that machine doesn't get turned on. Mm-hmm. It's a very expensive machine, and they really are very judicious about how they use it. And now I, you know, now I don't even know what New York publishers are doing in terms of, you know, is there one person handling 100 books? Do they have a person that's budgeted to do? And, and honestly, that person didn't do much more than write a media release. In my experience, mm-hmm. that person, pretty much what they did was write a media release, and that was it. Mm-hmm. We used to call them um, – I, I first started publishing in 81, and, and, and I was well taken care of. I will say that. But that as it evolved and watching the evolution and that we used to call that publicity person the Jennifer because Jennifer was a hot name at that time. So it was the Jennifer of the month. And sometimes it was even an intern that was in there doing it. And that she or he would have kind of a quota of if I could just get someone on one of the shows, that was the that was the happy dance for them. 
um, and they didn't take on the belief is, and it is still a belief, and it's 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 further from the truth than it was 20 years ago, that they will take and nurture my book and smile and dial and call every key person and every producer. And it's just not the way they do it. They do a one fling out. And if it sticks like Velcro, great. Otherwise, you're on your own. And and that is the way it is today. Yes, it is. So anyway, so it's, it's a rude awakening. And I think all of you who are listening need to be aware of that, that if you are going to be successful with publicity, it's going to be up to you. And, and either you hire someone who is skilled in, in that field um, and has got the connections or you learn how to do it yourself. And that's kind of the bottom line for me on, on that overall topic. And, and that good, right, But so, that's also the good news because no one is going to be able to sell your book the way you do. No one understands your book the way you do. And I've seen really bad to mediocre publicity come out of – oh, gosh – I hope I hope no one's listening. I hope someone from no one from New York is listening to this. But I've seen I've seen really poor to subpar publicity come out of those houses because it's what we just talked about. They've got forty other titles they're doing. Um, so the good news is, if you're passionate about your book and you know more about your book than anyone else, odds are if you just learn some skills, you can market it better than anyone else. And, and that is the bottom line that I, I really believe if it's going to be, it's up to me. So I better learn it. And I just wrote a big blog on this deal that people have always asked me, how did you get on a thousand radio and TV shows with one of your books? And, and I said, I worked my tush off that right. I learned how to pitch and, and, and get it in and get it out quickly and with the right hooks that they would want to engage a conversation with me. And that's yes. what you have to do. Yes, you're right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's switch gears. Tell me about QVC. <laughs> QVC is fascinating. They huh? are analytic geniuses. Um, what do you want to know? Well, what you're, you, you've been a brand spokesperson. So can you say what brand? It was, it's a brand that's no longer on the air. Um, oh. It was a gardening product. Uh-huh. And I... Went on air, and I was one of those people that could talk for an hour about the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a skill. It's a skill. It is. But I think what, what an author can learn from QVC, and, and certainly what I learned in the, in the time that I was there, was they, they had something, at least in the shop that I was working in, they would say, uh, you want to you stay on message. You want to stay on brand. And don't go into things that are, that are what we used to call a head turn. You don't want someone watching you present to have to think too far to be confused. You you have to be very clear about what your message is, what your value proposition is. Why should I buy from you as opposed to someone else? What is this product going to do for me? To stay on message consistently. And the wonderful thing about QVC was the feedback was immediate. So the the second I strayed from message, I had a producer in my ear, because I had the little earpiece in my ear, a producer saying to me, go back and say that. Okay, move off this topic. Because he was looking at the phone lines and the orders coming in online. So he was getting immediate feedback, which is why I say that they are the analytic geniuses. So they could tell me right on air, 
this is working, that's not working. So they were getting that feedback immediately, and then I would stay on message or move to that message or point to this thing on camera. It was really an amazing experience. You know, that what what drops drops in my mind. Do you remember the movie that was out last year called Joy? Mm-hmm. About Mop, and that you know, she, I mean, number one, she worked like heck to get on and got on, and they were trying to make her be something that she wasn't, and she took off on her own message, and the lights just flashed. But she learned, she knew how to talk to the women who were watching. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's it's all it is a, it's critical. It's about message. Staying on it, staying on point, and that's the way you need to talk about your books and key. And, and I've been a spokesperson many times for corporate products. And where, I mean, one of them was a hand lotion, one of them was a mortgage company, another one was a, a product for Procter & Gamble that, that you sprayed and it released wrinkles um, mm. and different things. And, and I did, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, the satellite tours. That was part of the deal. And I would do these satellite tours, and you would have just a couple of minutes to get the point out. And the and the uh, your the sponsor, who you were there for, of course, you're giving other information, but you're weaving in their product with it. That, I mean, that's what I was doing sure. um, in training. And as much experience I had, every time I would sit down with a product or go forward, I still had intense media training to make sure that I was on message and target in my little two-minute spot as we went three hours across the country in the crack of dawn. Yep, that's right. It takes a lot of training. It does. So it's, it's again, I, I think that the, the number one thing that we want to get across, we're, going to, we're coming up to our first break here, but I think, Marilyn, what's important, and, and probably with what you do um, and work with, with your individuals, I want to get into that, is that you you have to stay be myopic and you've got to stay on message and uh, and you have to learn how to segue it back if if the host or whoever's interviewing gets off track how can you bring it back into your ballpark I mean I've always felt that was really important to understand how to do well that's where the training comes in you you have to know your talking points better than the back of your hand and mm-hmm. so that no matter where that host goes, you know where you're going. Yeah. So the bottom line is, everyone, don't wing it. It's yeah. you to practice. Know those critical points. And and then, you Marilyn, maybe we can it. come back. When we come back, you can you can maybe go through some tips on how to develop uh, key points um, that, yeah. that, that maybe are the connectors. But we'll be right back. With me is Marilyn Page. She is the VP of Marketing for Fig Advertising and has got a wide pedigree with authors and books. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Since 1987, Color House Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Color House to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing, Judith Bryles, we will provide you discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. 
want to publish like a pro today? Well, then take a look at Ingram Spark, the only publishing platform that offers print and ebook services through a single source. Upload, edit, and manage titles all in one place. Take more control of printing costs with print on demand and reach even more readers through one of the world's most extensive distribution networks. Built by independent publishers for independent publishers, Ingram Spark has everything you need to maximize your book's potential. Color printing, ebook distribution, print on demand, global reach, and more. Start publishing with Ingram Spark today and see just how far your titles will go tomorrow. That's IngramSpark.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right. So we've been talking about why watching QVC, you know, and, and I've had no one ever say that to me and all the publicity people, Marilyn, that I've had on the air, all the people who have talked about promoting. Um, I, I've recommended people watch Shark Tank sometimes and watch those opening segments to see how they pitch their product. Mm. But I think QVC is brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, they are. They, so, they do it better than anyone else, in my opinion. Right. So, you know, I'm actually going to, uh, during the weekend, I'm going to kind of bring it up and just refresh how they're doing it. Because they do, and it doesn't really matter what the product is. I don't care if you're talking about jewelry or the garden supplies or what gizmo they have. at the, at the is, it, is it a half-hour show usually or an hour show? How long do those shows segments last? It, it varies. It, it depends. I mean, sometimes it's a 10-minute hit, it's a 20-minute hit, it's a half hour, it's a 50-minute. It, it, it just depends, and it's all based on analytics. It's fascinating. Wow. Okay. So homework for everyone, watch QVC sometime in the next 72 hours just to pay attention to how they pitch, stay on target, and reaffirm those buys as they come in um, because I think it will help you with your book sales. I think that's what we're talking they, about here. And they right, weave a so, narrative. They yeah. weave a narrative, too. Say it again? They weave a narrative. Listen for the narrative. Ah, all right. So it, it is. It, it, it goes back to what you said earlier, that if you're going to get people watching, uh, whether it's at a book signing or on the tube, you're educating, you're informing, you're inspiring them, you're giving hope sometimes with products. Um, and with with what you used to do involved with some of the gardening and we and you know we are in gardening season right now so I bet you there'll be a lot of stuff on QVC. Yes. All right. So talk about developing a message when you work with people in your line of work. Is this something that the company does? Is this something the advertising agency puts together? Is this something? Um, where does this all come from? So the agency will put this together in conjunction with the client. Now, for an author, the first thing I tell my authors uh, is you have to make sure that the product you're selling is the absolute best product you can sell. Because if you don't have a great product to sell, as soon as you start marketing it, you're going to see it fall apart very quickly. Your marketing will fall apart because the product isn't strong enough. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And that's why okay. I've always told authors 
that you invest in a good-looking cover. You invest oh, yeah. in having editing done on your book. You invest yeah. in having it, you know, a really good design. I mean, the the DIYers are passe, and and they are. Yeah. There's so much garbage out here. It amazes me. Well, you have to understand your your target market. Your target market is very sophisticated. Any any person today living on the planet today in America is a very sophisticated buyer. They are used to seeing fantastic advertising, fantastic book covers. That's mm-hmm. normal for them. So when something isn't great, they know it, even if they don't know it. Mm-hmm. It's a very sophisticated, savvy buyer. So you have to keep that in mind, that DIY isn't going to cut it. It's not going to get someone's eyeballs. Uh, yet, they, yet, I have to tell you, Marilyn, it's, it is stunning to me. When I when I think about the roughly 3.4 million books that were created the past year, um, and I've and I've said my listeners have heard me say this a lot, probably 80 percent of them shouldn't be allowed out, but that they continue to do that and and they don't recognize what is mediocre, and that's what's always yeah. surprising to me. Yes, yes, you. If you, you know, you have to. I always say this to my clients: whether no matter what their business is, you're not a marketing expert. You are an expert in biotech. You are an expert in housewares. You are an expert writer. You are an expert in science fiction. You are an expert in mystery. You are an expert in children's. You are not a marketing expert. So stop putting that burden on yourself. Mm-hmm. It, you're in the long run. You're not going to save money. You're not going to save time. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be pissed off that your book didn't sell because you didn't invest what you should have invested to begin with. Yeah, and then and then it's out there. Or I've had more authors say, "But I already put four thousand dollars." That usually that means they've been involved with a publishing predator. But I've already put this in, and I just can't put any more money in it because I'll yeah, tell them, I- "Take your book off the market." Yeah. Take it sit. Take it off and fix yeah. it. So, so I actually have some advice before. So the author the author who is still, you know, tinkering on their computer and is still writing. All right, let's start at the beginning. You do anything. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Let's start in the beginning. All right. So what what would be that approach? So before you start anything the first thing you do, I don't care if you're doing a, a book or a product or a service, whatever it is, this is marketing 101, you must do research. You must understand who your target market is. Who is the audience for this book? Is it science fiction readers? Is it tech people? Is it, you know, what are you writing about? Who is the audience for this book? If the audience for this book is one-armed lesbian monkeys, you might not want to put the, put the time into writing the book because you're not going to have much of an audience, right? No, that's if a very small audience. Right, it's a very niche audience. Now, you may find that you have a niche audience that there's a huge number of people because it's so niche. That's viable. That's perfect. But you have to first know, who am I writing for? Who's reading this? You want to also look at what's the competitive landscape? 
who else has written a book like this? What other books are in this genre? How has this been written before? How, how is my book different? You want to look at who are the influencers? Who are the people and platforms that influence readers? Bloggers, Goodreads, BNN, Amazon, where, where are the influencers who are telling people what to read? You need to understand that and who those folks are. You need to do a SWOT, just like if you were marketing a business. You know, what are the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats for the book and for yourself? So for the book, the strength is there hasn't been a really good SD1 book written in a year. That's a strength. A strength of, of you as an author, you could be like, well, I already have a 1,000 followers on Twitter. That's a strength. A weakness might be, well, yeah, there hasn't been a good you know, SD-WAN book written in a year, but that technology may be on the downslide. That's a weakness. You have to analyze your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You have to understand your unique value proposition. What is it that's unique about my book and my, my being the author of this book? What is unique? What's the unique value proposition? You need to understand those things. When you do that research and you get a clear understanding of your target market, your influencers, um, also the industry, what's the publishing world look like, your SWOT analysis, your unique value proposition, when you've done all of that research, you have a clear picture of how to position your book. Which is essential. I mean, it, it does. One of the first questions I ask all authors I work with as the book shepherd is, number one, who is your book for? And it is stunning to me how few know. It's yeah. stunning for me. Who are you writing for? Yeah. And yeah. then the other thing I always ask, so why are you the person to write this book? I mean, it's a variation yeah. of the SWAT, but it, yeah. it absolutely is that unique position of it, even when I have, I'm just finishing another book on leadership, and the first thing that'll come to most people's mind: My God, do we need another book on leadership? Um, <laughs> and because there's a gazillion of them. But it's, so, what's unique about this author? What makes him or her so unusual? So so able sure. to position um, themselves into it that people will want to sit up and pay attention to it or is it another just ho hum you know blah 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 which a lot right. of them are as you know you've yeah. seen them over the years oh yeah sure. 98 <laughs> now i'm going to say 99 percent of the self-published stuff that came across my desk went in the circular file because it was garbage and it's mm. I, and then and i don't mean to be cruel because i i know that the authors put their heart and soul into those books. And that's the sad part is they really, you know, they put their heart and soul into the book. The, the, the most difficult thing for authors to understand is that it's not about you. It's about your audience. Uh, exactly. And, and so if you're, if this is therapy for you, um, and I'll, I'll support you doing the therapy, but maybe you don't publish it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. As, yeah, that's as right. you know, there are things out there like this. Yes. Yes. I think that there are just folks who really just don't know how to position themselves. 
And I think getting professional help positioning yourself makes a huge difference, huge difference. Mm-hmm. It's a game changer. And, and then it and goes even, back into one of the things you said that was critical, and we're going to come up to our next break here. But one of the things that you said that was absolutely essential and absolutely critical is that they really need to know who the players are out here, too. That's part of the analysis. So you go back to on the SWAT, who, what are your threats? So who are your competitors? Those are threats out there. So you're competing against them. So what are their strengths and weaknesses? Uh, and and, yeah. and you can do a whole side analysis of looking at those. <laughs> so it's essential. This is all homework that needs to be done in the very beginning. And yeah. they don't do it. And that's what frustrates me. And and probably yeah. you when you were in your capacity of, of saying yay or nay to these people who pitched you. Yeah, I got pitched all the time. And <coughs> A, the pitches, most of the pitches were pretty bad. Uh, there were very few authors who really knew how to pitch. Very few. And it's always essential. Now, it's 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 one of the things I do a an event in June here in Denver called Judith Burrell's Book Publishing Unplugged, and pitching is always a critical component. Doing the pitch, and understanding yeah. how to do it, and being able to do it now in fifteen seconds, mm-hmm. is what I drive for. All right. With that, let's take another quick break. With me is Marilyn Page. She has given some savvy, savvy, savvy insight about doing a competitive analysis, a SWOT analysis, those strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, so you really understand you, your book, and your audience. We'll be right back. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another? Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, You'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join Author You today through its website at authoru.org. Follow Author You on Twitter at Author You and on Facebook at Author You, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. Author You, where the author goes to become seriously successful. Every picture tells a story, and it's a truism that people do judge a book by its cover. Nick Selinger and NZ Graphics have been in the business of producing superior graphic cover design and interior layout for self-published authors, independent and traditional publishers for years. He has developed a reputation for... Excellent work, fast turnarounds, and best of all, affordable pricing. NZ Graphics also produces ebooks and 
book marketing materials such as posters, sell sheets, postcards, bookmarks, business cards, logos, and more. Books designed for his clients have won multiple book awards, including Best Book Award by U.S. Book News, multiple Evie Awards from the Colorado Independent Publishers Association, Indie Book Awards, the San Francisco Book Festival Award, and Freedom Medal Award from Valley Forge. Visit www.nzgraphics.com or call 303-985-4174 for more details about making your book the success it should be. Mention that you are an FOJ, friend of Judith's, and that you heard about NZ Graphics on your guide to book publishing. One of the most important decisions you will ever make is your choice for printing your book. You are choosing a company which will be responsible for guiding you through the process and printing your book at a level of quality and detail that embraces your personal and creative needs. You want to choose a company that when your book finally arrives, you are delighted and ready to move on to the next level and one that is customer focused. Choose King Printing Company and Addy Books to be that company that brings you to the next level. Go to kingprinting.com or call 978-458-2345 and ask for Tom Campbell. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right. We're into promotion, into advertising, into positioning. We're actually talking about author success, which is what I want. And my guest today is the VP of Marketing at Fig Advertising, Marilyn Haywood-Page. So, And if you want to track her down, she is in Denver, Colorado. Marilyn, how do they get a hold of you? Marilyn at FigAdvertising.com. So Fig is F-I-G, like the fruit. Correct. <laughs> so That's very it. simple if, that we can find that. All right, so let's talk about, um, uh, you've worked with, over the years, hundreds, maybe thousands, thousands of authors. What were the uh, some of the smartest things you saw them do to promote their books? And I'm going to flip it. What were some of the, I could say dumb, but I'll say not so smart things that they did. Okay. So some of the smartest things that I saw... Uh, and and again, these were authors who had thought through who's my target audience. Mm-hmm. Mostly, you know, their tactics were born out of my target audience is this. So uh, Rachel Simon, who is a New York Times bestselling author, she wrote Story of Beautiful Girl and Riding the Bus with My Sister, which was turned into a movie. She was a really great marketer. She did direct mail to the disabilities community because both of her uh, books – were around the disabilities. They had people with disabilities in them as the protagonist. So what she did was she sent direct mail to people around the country who were in the disabilities community. For the Riding the Bus with My Sister uh, book, which was nonfiction, it was a memoir, she sent 
direct mail to the transportation community. To this day, she is still speaking as a keynote speaker for transportation organizations around the country because of that book and because she did that outreach. She knew who her audience was, and she did direct mail to them, which was genius. Um, Jim Donovan, he's a self-help writer, and he sent copies of his book directly to CEOs. Now, he was a self-published author, but he got it. He understood, who's my, who do I want reading this book? Who am I writing this for? I'm writing this for CEOs. I'm writing this for, co- for corporations. So he put the book in their hands. And it cost him some money, but he got a lot of orders from it. He had CEOs saying, wow, I want everyone in my company to read this. I want 150 copies. Um, so that was genius. Uh, Takara Sheeler, she is another uh, self-published author. She writes on spiritual topics. She has had a website presence since 1998. That's huge. She's always had a website, and she's always put um, her material and her promotional material and her thoughts um, on you know blogging on a website. She also posts every day on Facebook, at least once a day, and it's all on brand. It's all on message. It's all about what she talks about in her books is what she talks about on Facebook. Um, so she knows who her audience is. She knows what her, her message is, and she's very consistent with her brand. So those are the things that I've seen self-published authors. Well, Rachel Simon wasn't self-published, but um, those are the uh, things I've seen authors do to be very successful. So what do authors do who are not being successful? Uh, they don't really know how to – oh, gosh, no, now you're making me really remember. Oh, my goodness. So there was an <laughs> author way, way back in the day – who actually stole the cover from another book oh, no. and put it on his book. Yeah. He stole oh, no. one of the key elements. Oh, yeah. Stole one of the key elements of another book and put it on his book cover. Um, he also started promoting his book before it was written. So he was and, – and he wasn't just promoting. He was stalking and hounding the Barnes & Noble stores. Um, going to different stores in the area and saying, you know, having people call and say, do you have this book? Do you have this book? And then when we would try and, and get the book for the customer, the book didn't exist. So he thought he was, he was doing this great promotion to, you know, create a, a desire for a book, but really all he did was just really annoy the bookstores because the book didn't exist. So then the book a year later, year and a half later comes out. I open the book and he has all of these testimonials and reviews on the front couple pages of the book, and they're all fictitious. They're made up because I knew I – knew, uh, he said that uh, Philadelphia Magazine had said this, that, and the other thing about his book, and I knew darn well that Philadelphia Magazine never read his book. I knew that because I knew the editor. And so he, he was plagiarizing. He was stealing. I mean it was just terrible. It was the worst thing I've ever seen a, an author do. Um, yeah, so that that's uh, that was that's the worst. Yeah, I mean that I, I haven't heard any of those stories. <laughs> that's yeah. stunning. I mean, I, I have have I have seen people um, cover uh, take book designs, and they all of a sudden you see a slew of books that kind of look like that that emulate yeah. uh, the design, but pulling elements off of stuff is a little shocking. And the thing of putting out phony endorsements yes um, is amazing yes 
it was yeah i would say that's he was kind of the poster child of everything you should never do when you self-publish a book yeah oh my gosh well i mean publish any book it's it's just that at a lot of times you know, when people turn in these endorsements even to a publisher that there is the assumption that you're not lying I mean, I mean, when I was publishing with New York, 18 of my 35 books were with New York publishers. And I got, you know, I went out and got endorsements, and they sometimes did them too. But there was never any question that they were phony or they yeah. were made up. Yeah. And it's, and, and it's so easy now on the Internet to check stuff, so just yes. don't do it. Whoa, wowza. Well, that's also like saying, you know, you want to – um, one, one of the things that Amazon is cracking down on is that people are putting their, you know, their bestseller on their cover, and their Amazon is going after that bestseller with who, and and they're taking books down. So if you're yeah, the other thing I'm I'm seeing authors do now is they will launch their book and they'll say, okay, everyone go online to Amazon and buy my book on this mm-hmm. day, because mm-hmm. then my book will be a bestseller. Well, your book was a bestseller for an hour. Yes. And then they'll say, I'm a best-selling author on Amazon or whatever. And that's not really true either. Um, and what it does is it just sort of underlines that you're an amateur, um, which is, is – and I think people do it uh, because it's fun. You know, it's fun to get everyone to, you know, and see your, and see your on the screen, I'm, I'm the number one book in self-help, you know, on today. Isn't that exciting? It is. It's great. But to say, you know, I'm a best-selling author based on an hour's worth of sales that you, you know, had your mother and your, all your cousins buy, it, it's it's not really true. Um, so it's, I think, it, it's good effort. <laughs> good effort. You got everyone to, you know, buy your book. But um, I think you have to be careful with that kind of stuff. I think you do. Here's what I'm seeing and working with authors on. I mean, they do nail down the best, you know, the number one. I mean, I, w- I want to see them hold that for a while. I mean, not not an hour or two hours. I mean, I want to see some, see it used yeah. to start momentum building, that you get that buzz out and you keep working it and moving it and you keep building that way, and then you 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 start developing that momentum, i.e., staying power. And we go back to the example of the woman you uh, gave earlier who now is, I don't know how many years past since she did her book that was focused towards the uh, disability market and who was still speaking, you know, nationally all over on it. And she's made her whole career out of it. That's what I want to see people do. I mean, that's what I try to get my authors to do that I work with. So it's a career. You can do it. You just need to understand the tools that you need to work with and just be consistent. Just be consistent and, and understand it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Well, you know, it's been a while since I've used that line myself, but it, it, publishing is a marathon. And actually, it's a series of marathons, just not one. It's multiple mm-hmm. marathons, and each one has its own segment, and you learn it, and, it, you know, you retain it, and you go on to the next one. Um, and that's what you would do. Well, let me ask you this: that you, if if you, you talked about going into the SWOT analysis as a brand new author, all right. Let's say we've done that. We've got our book out. Um, we're going forward. When does an author consider engaging 
someone in the publicity round or even an advertiser. Most of them don't think of going with an advertiser. Does it make sense? And what about contacting someone like uh, FIG or other groups? Um, I mean, when I was a national spokesperson for several companies, it came through uh, 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 advertising companies that contacted me to be that. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you all do? or? So it depends on the product. <laughs> um there are agencies that are going to be a better fit for you depending on what the product is. And that's just any agency that's working with any service or product or book or anything. You just want to get the right fit. So there's going to be promoters uh, and marketers who are really good at nonfiction or who are really good at science fiction or who are really good at children's books. And then there's going to be others who, you know, really their strength is uh, leadership um, people who are writing on leadership and speaking on leadership. It it just depends on uh, what your position is as an author and what your book's about. Mm -hmm. uh, Marilyn, are there any tips that you would give to an author if they were interested in in being a spokesperson? Like, I mean, how did Q... Let me ask you this. How did QVC find you? So I was a spokesperson basically for Barnes & Noble because I did all of the media uh, in the Philadelphia market. Ah. So, uh, it, that's kind of how that happened. And okay. so if an author wants to be a speaker, uh, they need to be a subject matter expert. Mm-hmm. They need to position themselves as a subject, subject matter expert, an SME. And you can do that in many different ways. And electronically now, because we have uh, these great tools on the Internet, there's ways to do that with webinars. There's ways to do that with podcasts. Uh, You can start to package yourself with content and get it out to different outlets online and begin to start to position yourself as a subject matter expert. So it seems to me then it would be critical to make sure that if that's what where you're going and what you're about is that you want to make sure your profiles also reflect that subject matter expertise in it. Would that be correct? Yes, and write. You need to write on the topic. You know, be, be, you know, you need to be blogging about it, writing newsletters about it, become a guest blogger. Um, I, I always tell people use Harrow, uh, help a reporter out. Uh, I believe it's helpfulreporterout.com or harrow.com. You know, three times a day you get an email that says, you know, here are all the reporters who are looking for subject matter experts. And so you go through that list three times a day and you say, oh, look, someone's looking for a nutritionist to talk about X. Well, I know about that. I'm a nutritionist. I'm going to answer that. And then, you know, you get placements in blogs and and different media outlets around the around the world with that. And that's a way to start to position yourself as an SME. But then also, once you get those links, once you say, oh, well, I was, you know, Reader's Digest quoted me or um, Tech uh, Mashable quoted me. Well, then you need to start sending that out. So you put that out on your social media. Hey, I'm on TechCrunch this week. Uh, um, So you start telling people, hey, I'm a subject matter expert and TechCrunch thinks so, too. So that's, mm-hmm. that's how you start to position yourself. And you cross-promote. All right, we're going to take our final break. With me today is Marilyn Haywood-Page, and she's really giving all of you some essential, and this is essential information on that positioning, on that promotion, and on your author's success. 
So I, it just pay attention. You may want to listen to this one again, but it's it's it's. it's I feel like I've I've got a chorus here with me because I've been talking mm-hmm. about this so many times to bring it in, and now you've got someone who's on the inside who's working with it, and really knows what works and doesn't work. So Marilyn is VP with of marketing with uh, um, uh, Fig Advertising based in Denver, Colorado, and you can contact her at Marilyn at FigAdvertising.com. We'll be right back. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Since 1987, Colorhouse Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Colorhouse to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing with Judith Bryles, we will provide you with discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. Want to publish like a pro today? Well, then take a look at Ingram Spark, the only publishing platform that offers print and ebook services through a single source. Upload, edit, and manage titles all in one place. Take more control of printing costs with print on demand and reach even more readers through one of the world's most extensive distribution networks. Built by independent publishers for independent publishers, Ingram Spark has everything you need to maximize your book's potential. Color printing, ebook distribution, print on demand, global reach, and more. Start publishing with Ingram Spark today and see just how far your titles will go tomorrow. That's IngramSpark.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right. Our last segment. And I always like to ask people who have moxie um, and understand the promotional side and get, get that the author has a product, which is called a B-O-O-K, and we just want authors to understand they have a product. So I have said many, 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 many times on Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing, and to my clients, and when I speak, that you have to transition from being the CWO, the Chief Writing Officer, to the CMO, the Chief Marketing Officer. So I've asked Marilyn if she would, kind of in this final segment, to go through, you know, the essential steps that authors need to do to position, brand, and market themselves. So, Marilyn, where are we on this? I think you said it perfectly. You've got to become the CMO, and it's a completely different skill set. It's a totally different hat. So, in your CMO hat, you need to look at five things to do to market your book. No matter what your book's about, these five things you have to do. Number one, research. We talked about that. 
Number two, strategy. You have to come up with a strategy statement. It's a cogent statement that outlines what and how and why. So, for example, my strategy is to tell avid whodunit fiction readers and zoos, now that would be your target market, that my book is a must-read for mystery fans because the protagonist is a zookeeper by day who trains animals to help him solve crimes. Now, that's your unique value proposition. So, But you have to write it down. What is the strategy? Then you want to say, okay, the, the third thing is message. What specifically are you saying to your audience? What is the actual language that you're using? Language is very important because if you're talking to tech people, you want to use language they relate to. If you're talking to children or parents, you want to use language they relate to. So your messaging is very important. The fourth thing is tactics. You have to figure out, and, and mind you, I didn't start with tactics, right? The first thing I started with was research. What most people do is they start with a tactic. They say, oh, well, I'm just going to do social media. Well, your, your, your cart is leading your horse, right? We started with research. Then you do your strategy. Then you do your message. Fourth is tactics. So is it a website? Is it social media? Is it webinars? Is it blogging? Is it guest blogging? Is it live readings? What actual things, what actual tactics are you going to employ to make your strategy happen based on your research? Then what you want to do is measurement. You want to keep measuring. How is it working? How many people came to the event? How many people downloaded that chapter? How many people came to the webinar? How many likes did I get on that Facebook post? You want to keep measuring and then do what works and stop doing what doesn't work. And those are the five things that you have to do to market your book successfully. And doesn't it amaze you, Marilyn, how many people keep doing the stuff that doesn't work? I mean, I'm always yeah, amazed with that. Um, is it? I mean, it, why is that? Is it because it's comfortable or I don't have to think about it or I'm afraid? <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah. know. Marketing scary. Hey, I, I'm a bit of a marketer for 20 years. It still scares me. It's scary. Because there's always new stuff coming out. There's always some new social media platform. There's always some new website tool. There's, I mean, it's and, – and if you're an author who – you know, again, you're not supposed to be a marketing expert. Unfortunately, if you don't have the money to hire one, you have to become one. But, the, but it, you're completely okay to be scared. It's scary. What's not okay is to not do something because it's scary. You have to push past your, your comfort zone. If you're comfortable with getting on the phone and calling people, great. But you also need to do the digital. You also need to figure out how to get on social media, how to put a webinar together, how to contact bloggers. It's uncomfortable, but you have to do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, my favorite line, people, they'll repeat it back to me, get over it. I was in a, a, a workshop that I was attending um, the my husband and I are studying the Constitution. Believe it or not, we've been going to oh, an nice. eighth class, just studying the Constitution and all the you know all the Declaration, the letters of federation. I mean, all the stuff are going up into it. That's great. And the um, lecturer, the person who was leading it, asked, you know, how many? Because he was talking about the change. How many here like change? And there was about sixty in the class. I am the only person that raised my hand. <laughs> 
just, I just thought, oh my gosh, you people are in trouble. Um, let, let, let me segue because change. Cult- well, wait a minute though. You've cultivated that. You have cultivated a love of change. You yeah, know, I do. I I, I, I think change is is quite exciting, and I mean, and it is scary. You are absolutely yeah. right. It is scary because sometimes I don't know what door it's going to open. But I, I just recognizing that change can happen. I, I've had a, a variety of, you know, icky things that I've had to go through and grow out of and 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 uh, recover from, um, in a variety of things here. But that each one of them, would I want? Did I plan on it? Absolutely not. Would I want to go through it? Uh, that led up to the change I had to uh, embrace. Yeah. No, I wouldn't want to go through that again. But did the outcome? Where did the outcome lead me to some surprisingly wonderful stuff? Right. So, you know, I'm right. open to it. It just it's scary. <laughs> so yeah. I recognize that. Yeah. Marilyn, would you uh, let's get, get, before we leave? I want to kiss on social media a little bit. And you had um, mentioned Facebook, and I had made it wrote a note down to myself. Uh, you know, I just wrote it. Could Facebook kill your book? And one of the things that I think in the beginning stages, part of five things to market yourself in successful, um, and maybe it goes along with your two, uh, that no, it's not two, maybe it's the tactics. But I have found that the course today and that people post anything and everything on their Facebook pages and that mm-hmm. it, it could actually cripple their market. Uh, or a specific book because of a statements or repeats or whatever that could be so controversial or alien or offensive sometimes mm-hmm. that, uh, I mean, are, are you kidding any of this? And I'm actually thinking of some of the political stuff I've seen rolling around the last year. Yeah. So the thing to understand about Facebook or any social media is that it is a never-ending hungry monster. You have to keep feeding it. You mm-hmm. have to have a plan of how you're going to feed it. And what you want to do is really understand, go back to that research, go back to that strategy statement, really understand who's my target market, what's my message, what am I saying to them, what's my brand. And everything that you post has to be on brand. Everything that you post needs to be furthering the conversation with your audience because social media, it's not about blasting out, this is what I think, this is what I'm doing. It's a conversation and you have to, just like if you went to a dinner party and, and someone you know sat down and just started saying, hey, you know what I did today and this is what I ate and hey, I got a sale. Hey, do you need some, do you need a book? Hey, I got a book for you. Hey, let me read you the first chapter. That person, you would say, I'm never sitting down with that person again. Do not ever invite them to dinner again. I'm never going to be around them again. It's the same thing with social media. It's a conversation. You, you can't be the obnoxious guy in the room. So let me ask you this. That And, and again, I've tried to tell my authors who I work with that you either you're going to – you have to tone your tone down you're going to have to stop posting. You've got to start thinking. You've got a book coming out here in a few months. Um, and you're, everything that you've got out there, whether it's about your trips or about how much you hate this thing on some political thing that's happened, that it, it, it confuses people. 
Um, you may have followers. You have a lot of people making comments, but is it what you want to do? And then the second part is, so how do you, if, if, if that's the issue, how, what advice would you do, give for people who need to start honing in on what they're about? And is it just creating another page and you get people there? But that my concern is if your primary page is your author name and all of a sudden now you've created a page that deals with your topic or your brand, I'm, Facebook is what I'm talking about here, yeah, sure. then it, it hangs around for much longer. I mean, Twitter's gone pretty quick. So, yeah. Everything hangs around on the internet. You can take a screenshot of a screenshot of it and and send that out. It's everything hangs around. So, yeah, I usually and and a, you know, this is a broad sweep. Usually what I would tell people is to consolidate your brand. Now, that's not going to be right for every single author in every single situation, but generally I would say consolidate your brand into one page and be conscious of what is my brand. If your brand is selling children's books, I don't think you should be on there criticizing your school, your school district, and your, your teachers. Not on brand. You have to think about your brand as a personality, as a set of standards. And everything that you post has to meet those standards. And if it doesn't, don't post it. So what do you do with individuals? I know we have like one minute left here, but what about in a lot of people who are posting on your, who will be way off brand? Do you just start unfriending them? Do you hide them? I mean, Wait, what would you who, recommend? If someone is, if someone is responding to you, that way, no. what? That you allow other people can post on your pages. I mean, it's just not your posting. Other people can post on your pages. Oh, okay. Uh, I would moderate it. I, I wouldn't, yeah, I, I would moderate. So, so in other words, there's a there's a control that uh, nothing shows up on your page without you moderating it first. Okay. So I would I would put that control on. So get your control on. So if you've got someone who's ranting and raving about what they did in the Senate, you don't want it showing up on your page that talks about whatever your book is about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just you have right. to be very conscious. Again, it's not about you. You know, if you are selling a product and you are a brand, you have to think about the audience. It's not just about you and whatever emotion you're in and whatever whim you have that day and what you had for breakfast. And, you know, you're, you're a brand. You have to look and, at what's what's best for the brand. And the best for the brand is not how you feel about politics right now or for unless you're doing a political book. That's unless another you're a political issue. writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another issue. All right. With that, we're going to do a wrap-up. Marilyn Haywood Page is loaded with information. Um, and do you, do, you, do you have a blog you write, Marilyn? I do for FIG Advertising. I also write a blog for West Virginia University's Integrated Marketing Communications Department. Um, so that's uh, wvuimc.wordpress.com, I think. Uh, and then FIG Advertising, uh, there's a blog on there. So just go to figadvertising.com and, and take a look at the blog because I think you're going to find a lot of terrific information that will help move you and your book forward. And with that, Marilyn, thank you so much for being with Author You, your guide to book publishing today. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it.
Great. And for everyone in the Colorado area, Marilyn will be presenting a program the first Saturday in May that she will be really deep diving into a lot of these topics that really tie into what will make you sing on May 6th. You can find out information at authoryou.org. Just click on events. And we'll be right back with you next week. So happy publishing and happy writing. This is Judith Bryles, your book shepherd. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Each week, a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take you, the author, to the next level. You'll learn tips and secrets on how to create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve book publishing success by making one very simple change in your book's journey. How to avoid the publishing predators. How to create an author and book platform that rocks. Learn how to make a living with your words and your books. Learn how to publish a book that has no regrets and so much more. For more information, check out AuthorU.org, where authors who want to be seriously successful go. And Judith's website, TheBookShepherd.com. Then join us again here next week for more. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Brought to you by AuthorU and The Book Shepherd. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, 